0: Suman brings over three decades of experience from wind energy, automotive and engineering industry and recently working as a senior consultant at Kaizen Institute Asia. He holds bachelor's degree in electronics engineering from NIT, Rurkila and master's degree in electrical from IIT, which are among the premier colleges in India. He's passionate about empowering organizations to achieve groundbreaking results using quality operational excellence and lean transformational methodologies. He is a certified project management professional from PMI USA and has served as a pro bono board member of PMI Bangalore chapter in the past. He he was the chief editor of PMI Bangalore's monthly journal PM Essence for six years. He has been an invited speaker at many forums and has published his work in leading national and international journals on project management and technical areas. Suman, welcome. Uh, Pleased to have you to another VUCA leadership episode. Thank you. All right. Um, um, Suman, we had a great discussion before we decided to jump in this episode. Uh, So, uh, for our guests and for our uh, visitors, please, uh, let's start with a bit of your background. Where were you before? How did you came up with uh, project management? Uh, how you came up with uh, VUCA and uh, what are you doing now?
1: Yeah, uh, the, I'm a, uh, working in corporate uh, for almost close to three decades. Uh, worked in various multinationals, uh, starting from automobile multinationals. And my last uh, assignment was with, uh, you know, one of the big uh, wind MNCs. Um, throughout, uh, you know, I was uh, managing projects uh, and I formally acquired the pmp certification from pmi usa and somehow from then and it might be some 10 15 years back i took that and from there that pmi stayed on Um, you know my friends will jokingly tell me uh, why you did pmp did it really help you Uh, did it give you a promotion i said no it did not give me a promotion but it gave gave me a new mindset so this project management gave me the mindset of you know uh, decoding a project how to execute things well uh, so that really helped uh, and throughout my project uh, throughout my corporate journey um, i have been able uh, to use project management and it has helped me enormously so i'm very pleased uh, to share my uh, knowledge with you and thank you for the opportunities with us
0: awesome awesome so nice so um so what are the main components of uh to effectively uh, manage a project
1: yeah um uh, so, project you know everybody manages project uh, but uh, the a typical textbook definition of project is uh, it is a temporary endeavor to make something unique uh, if something exists and you do it that is not a project so it has to be unique and you do it with the constraints you do within a constraints of time constraints of cost and constraint of quality so if you do a project within those constraints that is a project and there are a lot of uh, frameworks which helps you to deliver those projects within those constraints and one of the very popular framework is the one given by pmi uh, you know given in the pimboc uh, it shows that uh, you know you should have the initiation stage you should have the planning stage you should execute you should monitor and control and you should close the project and under each area you, you have to have a lot of management you have to use a lot of tools for example, you have to use the tools for communication management, you have the tools to stakeholders management, you have the tools to contract management, risk management, and there are some 10 such areas uh, which helps you to uh, do a project. So there are a lot of frameworks uh, the most popular framework uh, which I use is the PMBOK framework. So that allows anyone, including uh, myself, to deliver project well.
0: Okay, so these are the, the frameworks. So wh- what about the, the components on, the, on each framework? Uh, for example, can you give an estimated number of, uh, of the components of each, um, of each part of uh, the things that you previously
1: referred? Uh, so you mean the uh, the planning component, uh, the execution component? Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know the project has a life cycle of phases so the first phase is initiate you know you have to have an initiate you you have to have an intention of doing a project as i mentioned the intention has to be do something new right if you are repeating something that is not a project mm-hmm. so then, once you initiate uh, there is a alignment that yes this is something the need of the hour uh, the need for the business then you plan the project you know you plan the time you plan the resources you plan the cost and then you start executing the project and as you execute Uh, you have to continuously monitor whether things are going as per plan or not and VUCA will actually make sure that the things don't go as per plan but then here comes the project manager leadership and vision and all kind of soft skills that will still allow the project manager to keep the project on course Mm -hmm. and then project uh, is successfully completed then the project manager will close the project do all the necessary documentation and you know uh, share the knowledge with other people. So these, I would say, are the various components of the project uh, if this is what you are
0: looking for. Okay. And what are, let's see, according to your experience and your expertise, what are some proven strategies that uh, a project manager can use?
1: Right. right. As I mentioned, uh, the project manager uh, is actually uh, in a very uh, critical uh, role uh, by the nature of the role uh, there is no reporting there is, uh, the project manager doesn't own the resource in the sense they don't report to the project manager. you know they are like a project resource. They come for the project, they do the project and they go off. Now this project manager has to deliver the project in spite of not owning the resource in spite of you know they're doing such a critical uh, you know the mission for the company. So the project manager has to use a lot of strategies and i would say those strategies can be fundamentally divided into the tools you know what kind of tools and processes the project manager has to use and what kind of soft skills the project manager has to use tools are easy okay? i need to have a project management plan i need to have project manager software i need to understand you know the various stakeholders management tools i need to understand the cost scheduling tools and things like that but on the softer side you know since this team is coming for the project The team needs to be bonded together. The the team needs to be united with a common purpose. The team needs to have the right motivation. So the project manager has to execute all this kind of stuff to get the project on time. So not only the tools, but also the soft part of the whole thing to deliver the project.
0: Okay, let's name a few of um, uh, the let's start with the tools. What are the tools that? uh, this is a, a a general idea of a strategy because using the tools and combining the soft skills it is a proven strategy that will uh, bring us will give us uh, an acceptable a, a good or a great result but uh digging a bit deeper uh let's talk about a bit the tools according to the project management what are the tools that uh pick one two of, of that you prefer and uh, then let's jump a bit to the soft skills. What the, those soft skills uh, in what framework will be uh, helpful for a business?
1: Absolutely. Um, so as I mentioned, uh, there are various knowledge areas in the project. For example, the project manager has to ma- manage the contract part of the project. The project manager has to manage the cost part of the project, the risk part of the project, and bunch of communication part of the project. So for each of these areas, there are a lot of tools. For example, when the project manager has to manage, for example, uh, so the time, the schedule, then the project manager can use, you know, one of the tools called Gantt chart, you know, the, which will kind of, you know, do the networking. There's a, also the networking diagram. There is a part analysis. So there are various ways in which the project manager will understand how the tasks are related, which tasks can be done concurrently, which tasks cannot be done concurrently. So that is, you know, the one scheduling tool. The other knowledge areas which is very uh, critical is the uh, stakeholders management, you know, and there is a tool called Influence Matrix, so who are the stakeholders, what roles are they? Play? Some stakeholders will be very active, some stakeholders will be negative, some stakeholders will be passive. So there is an influence matrix which the project manager can use to manage the stakeholders expectation. Then there are also estimation tools like this, a famous uh, tool called EVM, Earned Value management. And each area, you know, the if you just do a simple uh, Google search, you'll see all the tools. But the beauty is not the tools. The beauty is how to use the tools in the context of the project and with all the soft skills I was talking about to deliver the project within the constraint. So that's, uh, I think, you know, the more critical part of you know, executing a project.
0: Okay. So, what are the most? What are some or the most common? risks that the project manager that needs to take under consideration uh when he's managing a project
1: yeah and uh, here i think the VUCA elements will come uh, very kind of uh, you know uh, come as a way to explain uh, you know why project manager has to manage project because the the basic uh, mission of a project manager is to deliver within the constraints of cost time quality and scope right so it is not that you deliver you have to deliver within the agreed time you have to deliver within the agreed cost but then this book element you know the volatility uncertainty ambiguity will push the uh, you know project manager to deviate okay and uh, i think the mike tyson has famously said right if you the, uh, you have a plan uh, everybody has a plan till you get punched in the mouth so the project manager starts with the assumption that yes everybody everything will go as per plan but this book element will push the project to go away from the plan and this project manager has to bring it back to project manager can bring it back using a lot of strategies but one of the common strategy is to adopt flexibility Mm -hmm. so I need to have uh, you know the known risk and the unknown risk mapped even before the start of the project and I should be flexible enough to switch to plan B or you know switch to some alternative uh, alternative action when those risks actually gets activated Coupled with that, uh, I can use an example, for example, there is a sudden demand uh, for more production uh, of a particular uh, plant or there is a sudden demand uh, for delivering more uh, software testing for a particular project manager and project manager sees uh, that it cannot be done within the eight hours or two shifts. So the project manager will quickly shift to the night shift, the third shift. So that is my plan B. But then here comes agility so if you have not trained the team if you do not have the enough capacity you will not be able to run the night shift so it is not only that I need to have a flexible plan I need to also deliver the flexible spend the speed and here comes the agility mm-hmm. so uh, so the project manager in order for him or her to stay on track to make sure that elements of VUCA does not hit the project will always try to be flexible and agile with another concept called resilience, you know, which is very common nowadays. Plus, there are some project management techniques like the concurrent planning and, you know, the fast tracking. So, they are very technical. But at a high level, it is a combination of flexibility and agility that will allow project management to keep the project on track.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, uh, you you refer to a risk map. How do you come up with uh, a risk map?
1: Uh, Which map? Risk map risk map yeah so the risk map uh, you you have a risk uh, there is a uh, there is a risk uh, basically it can be mapped into what is the risk what is the occurrence what is the probability that it will occur what is the probability that the risk will get detected and the what is the probability that the risk uh, uh, what is the severity of the risk and the easiest example to relate is the uh, the you know the flight hazard right uh, you know in a flight the probability of occurrence is very less, but when it hits it's very severe. So there is a number called RPN, so which multiplies the uh, occurrence frequency with the detectability and with the severe uh, with the severance, and the, the project manager comes out with a risk priority number, the RPN, and depending on the RPN whether it's greater than 200 or greater than 500, he or she will go and address them or develop a mitigation plan for them. So this is a very common way to manage risk. There are also some qualitative way to manage risk, but this is the most quantitative way to Great. manage the risk.
0: Great. Uh, it was nice that, with that uh, when I heard you talking about uh, flexibility and agility, what is the, the role of flexibility and agility for the success of, uh, of a project?
1: Yeah, uh, as, as I mentioned, uh, you know, on one hand, the project manager will be pushed by the stakeholders to deliver the project Uh, When project manager goes and says, you know, things are not going as per plan, you know, I need more budget. Uh, They will be stick No, because that was agreement, maybe the contract was signed with a particular project. So project manager has a very tough role, right? So he or she starts a project with a constraint, that constraint of time, constraint of cost, constraint of scope. And as the project goes forward, some stakeholders will say, okay, so I need this to be added. I need that to be added. So the scope keeps on growing. With the scope keeps on growing, the cost keeps on growing and when the cost keeps on going the schedule goes into disarray so for project manager to keep the project on track he has to use the flexibility and agility as i mentioned flexibility is uh, understanding you know what kind of risk uh, i have encountered whether the risk was mapped before was it part of my, uh, like was it identified as a known risk or not and if it is a known risk as i was mentioning the uh, the software testing example, I need to kick in a second shift or I need to outsource the particular particular stuff. So the project manager has to be flexible to quickly understand the risk and take a mitigation plan. At the same time, he needs to be also fast in doing the whole thing. One element of agility is also proactiveness. You know, I need to be proactive, for example, uh, there is a prolonged strike that is coming or there's a prolonged, uh, you know, the, the national holidays like in India, there's a Diwali is coming. So project managers should anticipate that this is a Diwali week, this is a festival week, you know, a lot of guys will go on leave. So how do I proactively understand the risk and address? So one has to combine this flexibility and agility to deliver the project runtime. And of course, to keep this, the, all the soft skills, you know, the motivation, the purpose, the engagement of the team has to be done. So the project manager has to make sure the team is bound by the purpose of the project. Otherwise, it will be very transactional relation this whole flexibility and agility will just
0: not work. Okay. Any story of uh, struggling through your career that all the VUCA elements were in there? Many
1: cases, many cases. For example, um, uh, in, one, uh, in my previous company, I was supposed to make one uh, lab. It's called Innovation Lab. Uh, and, uh, you know, it has to be done with the help of a contractor. And this contractor, uh, you know, the, will not follow the instruction. Uh, they will not come on time, uh, and and they will also not follow the safety uh, safety uh, you know, PPS, right? The safety guidelines. So as a result, you know, the, the stakeholders will come and stop the project. Okay, so the you know safety risk is breached. The project is stopped. But I am a project manager. Okay, so my stakeholders coming and stopping the project because the contractor has not used the uh, violated the safety guidelines. But my clock is ticking. Because the inauguration date, when the VIPs will flow from US to uh, cut the ribbon, that is fixed. So how do I how do I handle that? So those are some of the things I have found out, and you know it can be only handled by you know working offline, training the guy, a little bit giving him a dose that you know there's uh, no room for complacency. So I really had a tough time uh, managing that kind of project so when the uh, inauguration date was uh, kind of cast in stone and but the contractor was not following guidelines and you know delaying not coming on time.
0: All right. I was very pleased that uh, from the very beginning of this episode, I heard you talking about soft skills. What is the importance of uh, soft skills in uh, for a project manager, uh, basically? And then what is the importance of the people involved in a project to have uh, the the so-called soft skills?
1: Absolutely, Spiros, uh, soft skill is like anything else is uh, very important. As I mentioned, the uh, project manager uh, has a very difficult job, you know, not all the resources will report to that guy, but the guy is responsible for delivering the project on time. Now what will make these people who doesn't report to him? Maybe the project manager will not determine his pay or promotion, right? Maybe the project manager can give a recommendation, but given that, uh, the, the resources are not owned that means they don't report to that guy the project manager doesn't make their salary raise how do I you know still get them aligned uh, to deliver on time it has to be done through soft skills and one of the soft skill I use uh, also like you know the lot of good project managers we use is to unite the team with a sense of purpose if the team unites with a sense of purpose if the team thinks that you know they are on a job which is to create some bigger, bigger stuff, you know, something that is big, big compared to themselves, they will have a, you know, the very good motivation. I always also use the learning, I say, guys, you know, use this project to try all the knowledge you have, try all the tools and techniques, use this project to uh, hone your learning skills, because it is a learning that will motivate you. So I use a combination of, uh, you know, uh, uniting them with a common purpose uh then uh, you know the making them that this is your learning ground so start learning and of course hand holding them when they need it uh, and i have you know you can check a uh, lot of guys have said that i've learned a lot from you so giving them the value at the same time making them accountable for the bigger purpose is something which i do and which are some of the soft skills that are required for successful project
0: execution. so nice how do you what, what about the um the, the lessons learned because you know i had in the past a lot of conversations with uh, project managers uh for the topic of lessons learned so what is lessons learned for for you as a project manager professional what are the things that you are doing um to to, to gain uh, those lessons learned
1: Right. And, you know, uh, this uh, lessons learned is uh, very often uh, the most neglected area of project management because they will do the project, you know, the finishing will happen. Some boss will come and say, good job. And then the team is disbanded. The project manager moves on, the team moves on, the lessons learned are not documented. So, uh, and that's why uh, the in the process that I mentioned, initiate, planning, execute, monitor, and control, and closing, the last stage is closing. One of the expectation from the PMI framework is to do the lessons learned okay. and uh, so lessons learned uh, of course in all the projects uh, that I have run uh, I will call the stakeholders uh, I'll make them you know and I call it wwww 3 what went right and what went uh, what went well and what went wrong so a very formal session uh, bringing all the stakeholders and documenting and sharing with the bigger uh, stakeholders is something uh, that i have done uh, some organization also have a very formal project management database so every time there's a project uh, they will encapsulate uh, 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 all the information into the database in a structured way so when a new project comes the first thing that the project manager will do will go into the database and figure out you know did uh, is there any similar project that i can you know s- start from so the guy doesn't start from the scratch he starts at some level Okay, but, but it sounds, is absolutely
0: important. I, I see, I see, okay. But this sounds to me like you know, you, um, every next project refers back to the previous reports of the previous project uh, for similarities and stuff like that. But uh, the, the lessons learned is on things uh, that maybe didn't brought the desired outcome. So at least through my understanding, because the lessons are from the uh, failures, from the human error, from mistakes. So what is uh, the the reporting situation about the things that didn't went so so well?
1: You are right. You know, everybody will try to, uh, you know, beat the drum on what went well. Uh, People will not, uh, you know, try to uh, highlight what went wrong. But the most of the time, the benefit to the organization happens when people actually go and what went wrong. Uh, I would say uh, this is also a little bit on the culture of the organization. If the organization supports, uh, you know, like uh, this kind of culture and there's a term which is very often used for psychological safety. Uh, see, if the organization uh, promotes a culture of psychological safety. Uh, you will have more and more instances in which the project manager will come up and uh, tell. You know, the I screwed up, or you know, this didn't go well. And actually, in the long term, it will help the organization. So, I would say it is a function of the culture. If the culture doesn't promote failure, then, you know, why the guy will take the risk, right? He will always move on, and try to highlight what he or she has done and move on.
0: So, what uh, interest industries uh, do, uh, according to your experience, uh, that have or they are working in order to have this kind of culture? what's the percentage or uh, give me, you know, um, uh, uh, try to give it to us uh, as a number or or as a percentage and from which uh, domain, from which, uh, yeah, from which domain. Uh,
1: Typically, uh, the IT industry, uh, because, you know, the project manager, uh, project management uh, is like, you know, got very uh, kind of triggered or got highlighted from the practices of the Uh, IT industry. Uh, IT industry uh, to my uh, knowledge uh, does a good lessons learned Mm -hmm. but uh, those uh, the small and medium-sized industry the manufacturing plants and uh, those kind of guys right who are doing day in and day out production all kind of complexity you know suppliers delivering and things not made on time you know factory strikes and those things. Uh, my assessment shows that these guys uh, haven't even heard that this is important, right? Uh, of course, I'm talking about not the reputed companies. Uh, there are reputed companies in manufacturing that does. Uh, but typically, small and medium-sized industry,
0: uh, they probably doesn't know
1: that this is important.
0: Okay. So, Zuman, uh, where, uh, where can someone find you? where can uh, I yeah, so, I mean uh, on the perspective on, on the things that you are getting involved
1: yeah so I'm uh, I'm active on LinkedIn uh, so definitely people can come uh, in LinkedIn LinkedIn I also have a personal email ID shared so they can reach uh, me through email ID uh, through you um, and uh, of course you know I am open uh, for talking to people sharing my knowledge on project management I'm also into the data analytics and uh, statistical process control and quality. Uh, so even I'm open to have discussion uh, on that one. All
0: right. Do you would you like to talk a bit more on uh, on that?
1: Yeah. Uh, so my background, see, project management is something uh, I would not say that it is my uh, you know the my main role. I use project manager as an enabler, but my main role is a quality and operational excellence. Uh, so any company. Uh, which has, uh, you know, a room for improvement of its processes. For example, the product development time is very high or, you know, the engine change control is very high. There are a lot of wastages, you know, the defect rate is high. So those are called, you know, the uh, opportunities for improving the processes. So there are, again, a lot of lean tools, you know, I'm also lean professional. There are ways to identify uh, those uh, defects. There are famous tools, uh, very popular tools called value stream mapping tool, uh, key tools, and things like that. Um, root cause analysis tool, fishbone diagram. So using those tools, you can find out what kind of waste or where are the areas in your manufacturing or in your process which are not value added, okay. and then you find out a way to reduce, uh, you know, address those issues. You eliminate those non-valuated process and improve the throughput time or improve the delivery time and things like that. So this is something which I do, uh, it is a part of lean deployment, uh, but also on the quality, right? You know, I have worked with supplier quality, trying to improve the supply quality process and things like that.
0: That's awesome. But I'm grabbing the opportunity to uh, further ask you, uh, is it mandatory for someone to be a project manager in order to be an operational excellence, also professional, or someone can be trained as an operational excellence professional uh, without being a project manager? Very good
1: question. And, you know, even I debate, uh, I think I opened uh, my introduction with saying I love project management. I'm a PMP certified, but I never got promoted because of PMP. I never got uh, a raise because of PMP. Uh, so I always treat it as, uh, say, at the end of the day, you have a, uh, you have a project or you have a strategy, right? I need to improve the capacity of a plant from 200 metric tons to say 400 metric tons. Or I want to improve the defect rate uh, from X to Y, or you know, 20% better. So you always have kind of strategic plan. So, but then, how does a company execute the strategy? And these strategic plans are dictated from the operational excellence, right? Some operational excellence team will say, you know, my customers are not happy. I'm not able to deliver on time. So hence, I need to do some projects. So when you do a strategy deployment, you do a deployment based on projects, and when you do a projects projects by the very nature will have the constraints, right? You have, do not have a luxury to do it at your own pace. You do not have the luxury to do it at your own cost. It has to be done within the constraints. And in order for you to deliver the project within those constraints, you need to be knowing about project management skills. So project management skills, you know, comes very handy. It comes very natural to you. You will decode the project. You'll understand the risk. You'll know, OK, these are the stakeholders I need to address. Uh, these are the procurement I need to do on time. This is the HR process I need to do on time. It becomes your second nature, you know, and you are able to execute the project within the constraints and deliver value to the company. So that is how I will relate operational excellence, uh, you know, the, the giving rise to the projects and the projects delivered projects and project means constraint, right? So mm-hmm. how do I manage project? How do I execute project within the constraints using project management tricks, the frameworks and the mindsets that I was talking about?
0: So nice. So that is so how I would like to relate. So great explanation. Thank you very, very much for that. It was really uh, insightful. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, f- more about uh, Soman Day in the comments below. And uh, you can definitely can contact w- with him uh, through his LinkedIn profile. Soman, thank you so much for being here today. That was really great short but great uh, discussion with a lot of insights. Um, Hope to have the chance to work together in another project or in another podcast project.
1: It will be my pleasure to work with you again on your next project. And thank you so much. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you
0: and sharing my knowledge. Looking forward to staying in touch. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here to another VUCA Leadership episode. Looking forward to see all to our next one. (music) Bye-bye.